Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the See Me podcast. This series we are all about the journey of our social movement. So that is basically looking at all of the amazing actions that people have taken across the country to tackle mental health stigma and discrimination in a whole variety of areas in schools in healthcare in workplaces in people's communities loads of amazing things that people have been doing each episode we have a interview with one of our volunteers or partners on what they've been up to this week uh the interview we have is from Sally, one of our youth champions who's been doing amazing work in schools, also loads of great stuff uh, in her own uni, um, and she's helped us with our campaigns and has done some really incredibly creative stuff, uh, which is all really cool, so she'll be talking about that later. And before that, we'll be chatting about a few things around young people's mental health and stigma and discrimination, and joined, as always, by co-host D. Hi, co-host D. <laughs> Hi, co-host Nick. <laughs> Hi, co-host D. Um, and also, <laughs> ex- really excited today to be joined by two of our youth workers, uh, Becky. Hello, Becky. Hello. And Ollie as well. How are you doing, Ollie? Hiya. <laughs> Hiya. Good. We're just, uh, yeah, before we were chatting, we are recording this one remotely. And before we were chatting, we're coming in on Ollie's amazing bed and the head of his bed which we all actually thought was a wall it was so huge <laughs> it's it's massive and how, like, how tall is it it's oh god it's probably about five foot or something like what that's like yeah. a whole that's a whole d i know <laughs> <laughs> that's huge it's so big it's like no wonder it took my dad a year to build it like <laughs> a year yeah it is that was mostly because he was procrastinating though so <laughs> Oh, it definitely looks worth it. It looks incredible. And yeah, a bed the size of a whole D, who is officially known <laughs> as Co-host D. That is your full name now. Co-host D. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I can deal with that. It's like, it sounds quite cool. It's like co-pilot. Mm. I knew anything about <laughs> flying planes, which I did not. Proceed with the podcast. Proceed. <laughs> Some classic air chat banner. <laughs> Proceed with banner. the plane podcast. Um, yeah, so... As I was saying in the intro there, chatting a lot about young people's mental health this week. Um, Ollie and Becky both started as volunteers with CME before becoming youth workers and have spent a lot of time out in schools uh, teaching young people Scottish Mental Health First Aid, talking about mental health, going through our What's On Your Mind pack as well and doing things with young people. Um, And really like... I think one of the the most effective things that CME does is actually having young people engaging with young people, not just old people like me with the receding hairline. (laughs) Hey, kids, remember pogs? Um, Probably most pogs. Well, exactly. That's why I'm not allowed in schools. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what pogs are either. (laughs) I don't know what they are either. I've got none of the references. Yeah, I mean, they were out when I was in primary school, which. no, I do remember Pogs. I'm just, I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finished primary school in 97. So that was a fair amount of time ago, right? Um, but yeah, you guys have been in a lot recently and doing huge amounts of work there. And obviously starting as volunteers as well. Yeah. Like for Ollie, for you, what was it like volunteering? And as a, a young person, how can volunteering really help if you've been struggling with your mental health and being in an environment where lots of people are talking about it? Yeah. I think that that's really what it is it, you're suddenly in an environment where everyone's talking about it and there isn't any sort of level of judgment it really does just make you feel so much comfortable about it um because like for me when I started volunteering I was like the shyest person ever I was super anxious and then suddenly just being in that sort of environment where everyone's in the same level everyone's open and willing to talk about mental health it just really helps you come out your shell and helps you actually deal with your own mental health as well Definitely. Becky, did you find similar? Was it in, was it kind of a new experience to be around a big group of young people who were all openly chatting about mental health? And did that kind of make a difference for yourself as well? Yeah, definitely. I think it like it just shows that like you can talk about it and nothing bad really is going to happen when you do. And I just had all that anxiety about talking about it that I just wouldn't. And when I started volunteering with CME, I was around all these people that were talking about mental health in a really open and understanding way. And it made me feel like I wasn't alone in 
that I could reach out when I needed help and that I had this massive group of people to like talk to and that would be there for me. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was really, really good. Because I think as well, like, with, like, the sort of volunteers, it does feel really like a community. Like, you can feel like you can trust each other and you've got that sort of level of connection, which is really nice. And it does just make it, you feel so much more comfortable with people. Yeah, it's like a wee family. Yeah. <laughs> See me family. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick and I hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I, I haven't always hated you. Well, just like a family. Sometimes you get on, sometimes you get. The important thing Have is... Have we, we occasionally? <laughs> the important yeah. thing is we hate each other now. After recording <laughs> 12 podcasts together in the last week or so, now we're really there. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a kind of jokey fun hate. Yeah. <laughs> Banter. <laughs> I can't believe you've thrown the word hate in. Banter. <laughs> Banter. It's, um, it's good and it's amazing that uh, to have that sort of environment for young people um, to be able... I guess people of any age should be able to share that and feel mm-hmm. comfortable and confident. And do you think that there are other are there other areas in young people's lives, Becky? Like, do you think there are other areas in young people's lives where they can have that? Can schools create that sort of environment, and do they create that sort of environment where young people feel confident or safe to speak about how they're feeling? I don't think they do, but I think it is something that can be achieved. Like, if they understand like the experiences of like their pupils and staff more and honestly just ask them how to do it like they'll know what they need and they'll know what will support them yeah do you think that's important as well like actually just trusting young people that they do know best for what they're talking about for people their age yeah Yeah, because i think that is yeah i think that's a lot of problem like young people still aren't taken seriously which is a really big problem and like as Becky was saying like a lot of times schools don't create that sort of environment where there's that sort of community and trust but it is possible like like off the top of my head like one of the schools we work with in Dunoon they've created that where they've created like a real community where like the students and the teachers all kind of have a sort of level playing field when talking about mental health and they're integrating loads of things into their lessons and their day-to-day activities so it is possible to sort of create that environment for young people it's just not often done <laughs> yeah definitely d as someone who was recently young um and <laughs> <laughs> um, how if, if, do you think there's been a lot of change have you seen even i guess in the time you've been working with see me in that much change from from when i guess you're at school at uni to what you're seeing now with kind of how there are ourselves and other organisations, other charities going into to schools and really encouraging young people to talk about mental health. Obviously, it's such a huge thing yeah. online as well. Yeah, massively. I think, um, you know, I was quite lucky growing up in that my, my parents worked in mental health. So it was a discussion we kind of always had, but I was quite you know lucky in that sense I know that that's not something everybody uh, everybody has but certainly when I was younger you know when I was in school it just wasn't some I mean you had your guidance counsellor and like you do well-being chats and like PSC but mental health wasn't something that was ever discussed or it was quite stigmatized and that there was that one room that you would go to to speak to the counsellor and everybody knew where it was and if you were seen coming in and out of it it was a kind of you know it, it became a a joke I guess which which is horrible now like yeah. looking back on it but when you're that age you kind of you maybe don't think about it in that sense or you're, you're you know you have a self-stigma around it as well yeah. you're like oh I'm struggling but I don't really know how to talk about this I don't have the language to talk about it um I'm worried that I won't be taken seriously you know you open up to your friends and it's kind of like like we have Nick laddie banter um, and you don't really have the same vocabulary or understanding of what you're going through and and adults don't maybe want to have that conversation with you either because they're like oh girl what if we start this like what kind of worms you know Um, but I think you know that and again in university it wasn't something that was ever really spoken about with us we had like well-being hubs and things but it wasn't you know, as ingrained or as clear 
as it is now and I think obviously on digital as well and digital communities and, and the kind of rise of that support online has become a lot more prominent in the last few years um, as well so it's been a huge positive shift and I've definitely seen it. I feel like I kind of grew up in that time it was good because we still had dial-up internet but now we have <laughs> iPhones um, so you can kind of see the natural progression of that um but yeah, you know, it's it's amazing to be able to work in a in an organization that is taking such a great kind of whole school approach to tackling, you know, mental health stigma, not just within schools, but in other areas as well, yeah, where young totally. people are um, in workplaces. Obviously, you mentioned the noon there is, is a really good example of a school where they've done so much work within the school, but then they've also had events like their big walk a mile event and they did stuff yeah. in November as well and they take stuff out into the community and they and they make it so it isn't just, as you said there, dear, about guidance counsellor, mental health happens in this one area. It's like it's throughout the school and it's something that's acknowledged that everyone has, which in lots of areas it isn't. And Dee, you also mentioned there about having the words to say, which I think is a really interesting uh, tool that, if I'm not sure if we've tried to promote a lot um, recently, is the, the What's On Your Mind card, which has on some of the words that young people can say and who they should look out for and who to speak to and how to identify how they're feeling themselves because that's really hard in itself is just to know what are you feeling if you've never felt it before and no one else is talking about feeling like that and I guess that's why kind of talking about it and having young people and people like Sally who's done loads of media work sharing their stories has a massive impact in being able to see that and see that there's someone out there saying oh wow this is what I've experienced um Ollie, like, did you see much of that, or would it have? How much? What difference does it make for as well the young people that you work with to see their peers and other people sharing their experiences? Can it help you feel less alone, and does it give people that confidence to speak themselves? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it does because as that sort of, if you can see someone else is in a similar situation to you, it just makes you feel like, oh, I'm actually not alone, and it just kind of humanizes the conversation about yeah, mental health isn't this big scary thing, like other people have got it, and I know that other people have got to it, other people have recovered, other people have got support, so I should be able to do that too. It is really just a sort of good way of opening it up, and I think especially, like a lot of the reason that we have like young people working with young people is because people want to hear from people that are similar to them, so it, it really helps for young people to actually hear, like, oh, there's other young people that are struggling and have got help. That means I can do that as well. And with our Feels FM campaign, all of that was kind of built with testing it with young people and coming up with ideas for the questions, what we should ask. We also did that big survey before um, our Feels FM campaign. If you haven't seen it, it was uh, it's out there. You check out feelsfm.co.uk. It's an emoji-powered jukebox of mental health designed for young people to kind of start conversations, hear their opinions on things, but also get kind of music and playlists let's create a spotify playlist to match your mood based on the emoji but part of so much of that was involving yeah. young people in that um in the creation of it and the, and getting that out there and then finding out what the issues were that they faced becky from like working in this area of volunteering your experiences what are some of the kind of common issues that young people face when they're struggling with their mental health, like the sort of stigma and discrimination related stuff, what are kind of the things that young people are facing? not being taken seriously enough. People turning around and saying things like, oh, you're just a teenager, or, oh, it's just hormones, like, or, like, that's just a part of growing up, like, dismissing statements like that, I think, can actually be really detrimental to young people and sometimes make them feel like they're not deserving of help or they're not going to be able to get help even though like don't they need it like they shouldn't be dismissed or just put to the side because they're young yeah because like you even hear like that's those sort of comments coming from like mental health professionals and stuff like that it's like oh it's just they're just teenagers they'll get through it but it's like just because somebody's young doesn't mean the experience they're having isn't real like it might to you not seem serious because you're an adult and you've been through that but that doesn't make that situation or experience any less real for them um, and there can still be a lot of dismissive, uh, dismissing of young people and their feelings. Totally. And the importance of, I think, listening and taking that seriously is huge and something that's so important when a young person is reached out for help because that could be mm-hmm. so difficult. The first time that you have to do that and ask someone, it can such a difficult thing to do and then to not be taken seriously or not get the help you need or to get knocked back. 
like we know it can make a, have a huge impact on the amount of time it then takes yeah. a young person to go back and ask again and, and actually have the trust that they're going to get the help and support and then in other areas like we've read i know it's seen me found huge benefits from listening to young people with some of like really serious stuff like that with one of our previous campaigns as well it's okay um which has kind of got a sort of poem that features centrally to it and there's uh we were testing it out when we created it a few years ago and we took it to different groups of young people a lot of the schools that we were working for time i think there was some pupils at least academy we were playing it to them and there was a line there where it said it's okay to feel crap and all of the young people within that were like young we don't say crap crap's an old person word they're like it's it feels shite so you should say it feels shite um and and we're like okay and like fine if, you, if that's what you say then that's what we'll go with and um wasn't like we were still kind of experimenting then with sort of stronger use of language and things but we put that out and we put that in the campaign and like that resonated so much especially like with people of all ages to be honest but especially with young people like yes yes it does thank you like someone said it and acknowledged that and d i'm sure you would have seen like you've put that kind of as a message out on oh, social yeah. media and what's I the put... kind of rea- the, what's the reaction oh like, i talk about shite every day on twitter it's great um <laughs> no, but, like people do people do relate to it because i think you always run the risk sometimes i think if you're using language like that that people might find it offensive or you know that people are people are scared to use that kind of language but in reality you know that's how you feel like you're not always yeah gonna sit down with you know your friends or your family and be like oh one's feeling quite you know morose today like you're not gonna say that you're gonna be like actually pal I feel a bit shite and can we talk about it um and I think it's super important to be able to kind of meet people where they are and like connect to them in a way that they're gonna realistically talk about um how they're feeling you know and I think as well I like it because it's quite Scottish of us you know like it's easy (laughs) for a young Scottish person to be like actually I feel shite instead of you know like and I think that's a great thing as well because we're kind of you know tapping into uh tapping into like how people speak and and what they're really like and I think you know especially when you're talking to young people you don't understand the young people always reminds (laughs) me you know like that uh, bit in family guy and Jack Black's like yeah Um, but it's true you know I think it's it's such a an important thing to yeah use the language that people use it is and it it resonates we see it every time the amount of sort of reactions and sharing of that sort of message compared to some of our other stuff and is it's kind of incomparable funnily enough like the, the most of the time when we do get negative feedback because some people don't like it um it's always the older people yeah. so. <laughs> it's like those young and shouldn't be using that language <laughs> yeah but you know like everybody's got their their thing which is also fine yeah Totally. And it's sort of one of, I guess, the campaign elements, one of the sides of the work that young people have had so much influence on. And what we touched on a little bit earlier, just to bring about some of the, the stuff in schools and what you guys have done. And like, Becky, what, what do you think are the things that schools need to do to change their approach to mental health, to make sure that young people don't face stigma and discrimination? So all the issues you brought up about being not, like, judged or dismissed, not taken seriously, what do schools need to do to ensure that doesn't happen? Of course, education about mental health, because that will reduce the stigma and like make it more understood um, so that when people do talk about their mental health, people know what they're talking about and they know how to respond. Like Raising awareness as well um, so that people know that mental health is something that ab- absolutely everybody has, like whether it's positive or negative like everyone has mental health do you think people know that or do you think they just associate mental health and mental health uh, yeah i think everyone just associates it with like a mental illness when it's not like it's just mental health the same as physical health we all have it definitely and it's yeah i think creating that in schools that culture and that knowledge for young people should hopefully help young people themselves but then if they can pass yeah. it down um to people younger people in their school but also then once they then become adults, having that knowledge and understanding should should have a big impact. You know that so many mental health problems in adults start when they're young and when they're young people and children. And being able to change that is so important. And throughout that journey, and knowing that 
an interview with Sally, she talks about um, her school and also her experiences at university as well. And Ollie, do you think that's another area that needs work, like sort of around further education, higher education, and particularly that transition yeah. period is another area that we need to Definitely, be looking at? Definitely, because I think that's kind of what it is. It is such a big transition period. Like the jump from high school to university or college is so much bigger because you could be in a totally new place where you don't know anybody and you've got all these new pressures. And I think sometimes people don't realise how much of a change that is and how much that can have an impact on your mental health. Um, and with all that stress, it would be hard to reach out. So I think it definitely is an area that needs more work done in. Yeah, I think so. And that whole, like, massive life changes obviously affect yeah. everyone's mental health. Like, um, we've had this year the sort of mm-hmm. COVID-19 stuff that's shown that's been a huge change in everyone's life, a transition to a whole different way of living where... I guess anyone of any age is suddenly going, oh, life's really yeah. different now. And it's thinking of those types of changes and transitions. And when you're younger, you go through a lot more of them. You Primary school to secondary school, or high school, whatever it be. And then school to work or to college or to uni. And then that then onto a job or whatever it may be. It's There's so many kind of huge life changes in quite a condensed period of time as yeah. well. Yeah. Whilst also like... You, you, even like the height of you changes which then when you've been the same height for like I have maybe like <laughs> it's like 20 years or whatever just the, the consideration of just such small things like even I am a different height right now than I used to be like everything changes I had the, the opposite I remember sitting down with my biology teacher when I was about 15 being like am I gonna get any taller and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> you are forever gonna be as small as you are and I was like oh okay that's <laughs> the rubbish i think as well just even you know the amount of pressure that's put on young people and it's just yeah. kind of a given that you know every well everybody's got to do exams and everybody's yeah. got to go through this process and, and it's like yeah but like i remember like i was so stressed in school you know just that pressure of like you know not feeling good enough for it. and that can be really really quite damaging to people and that can kind of continue on mm. into university as well and it's just kind yeah. of brought when you guys were saying about not being taken seriously like that kind of I don't know about you but I kind of felt undermined a lot of the time when Mm -hmm. you know I was like I'm going through like some serious exam stress here and people were like well so you know so is everybody yeah and it's like well well, okay right okay this is normal um and so you kind of get taught you know that 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 stress is normal and you kind of carry that with you and yeah 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 sorry (laughs) on you go (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) thanks uh, I think, like, especially with that, like, a lot of the sort of culture that's built up in schools is that people shouldn't fail and that people never learn how to fail, so they have such a fear of it yeah. that it creates that sort of stress that you learn to just be in constant stress and fear of failure. And it's Threat just a, mode a all cycle the time. that, yeah. When I was in school, like, I think it was in fourth year. Yeah, because that would have been my first exams. Um, but I started getting panic attacks, so I ended up... I went and I spoke to my uh, guidance counsellor about it. He didn't really say much. And then a few weeks later, I went up and I had my leavers form. And I was like, right, I'm I'm leaving. Like, I can't be here anymore. Like, I don't, I can't deal with it. Like, the stress of all these exams and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, that was in fifth year, sorry, that I tried to leave. <laughs> um, and my teacher just took the form off me, went, I'm not signing this and walked me to my classroom that I was supposed to be in and then just left. And he wow. never followed up. He never, like, said anything. Like, even asked, like, how I was doing. He just walked me to my yeah. class and was like, yeah, well, I don't really... It doesn't matter that you're having reoccurring panic attacks because of your stress. Just go to class. Yeah, I like, think- sure, surely that situation alone is, like, an invitation for him to, like, have a conversation about how you're yeah. doing. Yeah. But-, but that's a that's a really good point, though, and it's something that, you know, when we speak about having a whole school approach to tackling mental health stigma in schools, is it's not just, like, giving young people the language to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of on the workplace side of things as well, making sure that teachers are able to talk to each other about their mental health and struggling yeah. because we know that that then has a knock-on effect on their day-to-day and how they're how they're interacting with with pupils and you know an example like that of you know your teacher might have not 
been intentionally stigmatizing yeah. to you in that situation but you know he could have been going through something himself and not feel able to talk about it so it's you know you, you, it's got to be up down and down up yeah. as well and all like, yeah, like fundamentally he just didn't want me leaving school like he didn't want me to drop yeah, out so he cared, yeah but, but it was just he does not handle it that. was just the way he went around <laughs> it and because of my age as well I was so young and I just thought well he's just kind of like dismissing me and telling me to go to my class so why should I ask him for help yeah 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 it can make you feel like I guess you that this the sort of power dynamic there as well you almost like and I think for a lot of young people might be thinking well well, maybe I'm wrong to feel how I feel then because if I was right to feel it then they would have cared or spoke to me or or actually even entertained the fact that I'd said that they wouldn't just be like no that never happened yeah you go We'll listen to then Sally's interview now where she chats a lot about kind of her experiences similarly through education and, and what she's kind of done to help maybe address some of that power dynamic and to really uh, tackle stigma in so many different ways. Um, so, yeah, this is Sally chatting here. I got involved because um, I wanted to do something about mental health because I'd experience, I had quite negative experiences of... Um, stigma and discrimination, particularly in my old job, and I wanted to try and help make a difference. So you mentioned there was difficulties with discrimination at work, and then we talked about much in school. Was it like then when you're actually in a group of people, you could all kind of relate to each other? Yeah, definitely. I felt very alone when I was experiencing um, stuff in my old uh, job and at work. Like I thought it was only me that was happening to, and I felt like I felt like I was the problem. In a way, and being around other people that had experienced different things made me feel um, less like less ashamed of what had happened, and um, just of other people experiencing similar things. I was quite surprised at that. Yeah. So was it almost like kind of from the outset you felt a bit less alone in what you'd experienced? Yeah, definitely. I'd felt just talking to other people and knowing that they had similar experiences and actually like not being scared to talk about mental health that was really like a really nice experience just chatting about being so open about what had happened to me and um, my anxiety and depression and having other people talk to me about like their experiences it was just it was quite a surreal situation to be honest but like, the more I've volunteered with me, the more I've got used to having open conversations. And it would be really nice if that could be the same like everywhere, like in my work at uni, that would be really nice. And when you first volunteered, that's what was the change that you wanted to make happen? Is it linked to your experiences in the workplace or mm-hmm. what change do you want to make? Um, I think it's a change in other people's attitudes towards mental health. like. Um, employers and like lecturers just for them to know what mental health is and know how it can impact people because I think that they sometimes say things or do things that they don't realise is actually discrimination um, and I wanted to try and make a change in their attitudes and tell them to understand like what mental health actually is rather than having stigmatising views um, on mental health um, and I feel like in doing that would make such a, a big a big difference just to stop them in their tracks or just to point out things that maybe they've done or they are saying that could be quite detrimental to somebody's mental health. Definitely. So what did you first do after like you kind of volunteered, you went through the weekend training, what mm-hmm. did it start off? Um, the first thing I done was um, I was part of a young people's panel at a conference at the SACC. Um, which was quite a big thing to do for my first one, but I was really surprised at how comfortable um, I was and um, how comfortable I was made to feel like we all, there was like three or four of us on that panel and before we went in, um, they were, we were told like what kind of questions we were supposed to be asked, so we were really prepared, which relieved a lot of anxiety. Um, and it was really nice to actually be listened to by like lots of sort of adults and med- it was medical professionals and stuff like that. That was like quite a nice experience and it was a good thing to start off with and I came away from it feeling like <coughs> really empowered and stuff. So yeah. And was that the sort of opportunity that you would that you thought you'd like to or was that kind of something quite different that you weren't expecting? 
it was quite different. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't really expecting to do things like that. Like I didn't think I had the confidence to be able to sit in front of lots of people and talk about my experiences. So that was really nice. What have uh, what are some of the other highlights been? Um, the media stuff, I've really enjoyed that and I've really surprised myself with that. I think I've actually enjoyed that more than getting into the schools. The schools has been really rewarding but doing the media stuff is, it sort of brought back my confidence that I had before, not that I had much confidence to be honest, but it has brought back some confidence and then given me confidence and made me realise that I can do things I never thought I could ever do, like I never thought I could sit in front of a camera and like speak. Now I may speak about like mental health and um, be really open about um, my experiences. That's been like really refreshing. It's made me realise that I can actually do these things. Like that's been nice, and uh, like it's nice to know that my story can maybe help other people who have experienced similar things to realise that um, it is okay to feel these way feel these ways. And um, just I don't know. I would like to have been watching the TV and seeing somebody experiencing something similar to me and to know that I'm not alone, like that would have made a huge difference. So how, what, what's the some of the schools work you've done now? Um, I went to schools then last year we done the Scottish Borders training um, we went down and we I helped in facilitating mental health first aid training to um, all the, I think it was the fifth years, connected six years in the Scottish Borders. So um, I say we're just finishing up for like the summer. We went down and we done two day, two days of training with them, which was it was really good. Um, it was nice to be able to talk to young people and see the difference in them throughout the training, and just for them to have more awareness of mental health in themselves and other people. Particularly, like I was quite passionate about it because I had never experienced. In any training in school, so when I actually started to get unwell, I wasn't able to find the words to explain how I was feeling, or I didn't really know what depression and anxiety were. So I feel like if you could get that training at school, you could actually recognise the signs in yourself sooner and be able to get help, or even like recognising the signs in your family and friends to be able to point it out to them, to, to let them know that there is places where you can go and get help. Um, and that you're not alone in how you're feeling. Like I think that is really important. So it was really nice to sort of go into the schools and be able to give them that wee bit of knowledge. Other big things you've been involved in with us as well as that, um, a lot with Phil's FM and kind of writing that and, and linking it in with your, your uni work and the yeah. stuff you've done as well. So what kind of stuff have were you involved with around that campaign? Um, I was involved in some of the, like, the youth champions were involved in like testing the campaign in at different stages and our ideas were actually taken forward into the final um campaign which was really nice. Um, and then we were also involved in facilitating um the workshops and stuff which was um which has been good. Um yeah, it was really nice that our voices and ideas were heard and that it was young people designing the campaign for other young people, like I feel like that was quite a powerful thing to do and it made me know what it's like to be a young person so why not use our knowledge to help engage other young people, like that was, it was a really good idea. How did you feel about the reaction that the campaign got as it was something mm-hmm. that you had kind of been part of group helping to create? Yeah. I felt that the responses were really good because I'd done a piece of uni work on it um, and it was really nice looking through all the responses and seeing that people were actually being quite open and they were saying, especially the question about what makes it difficult to talk about mental health, like it was very honest and I felt that was really quite powerful, just like that the whole idea about not being listened to or not being taken seriously um, and like, they, those are the barriers for young people talking about mental health, that our feelings aren't really because we're not adults, we're too young to be experiencing these things. Something like that's the perception, when in reality that isn't the case. Like mental health is very serious, and you do need to take young people seriously. So it was really nice that people felt that they could open up like that, like through like the way the campaign was run and the way the questions were asked. It was anonymous, so that was quite powerful to be able to have those responses. How has 
volunteering with CME then impacted on your uni work? Yeah, a lot of my work is about um, mental health, which is nice. And to be able to have the support um, in doing that, particularly going into like, my final year next year, I'm looking at doing a lot of... My final piece is going to be on mental health. And it's good to have people behind me that I've got lots of contacts that I could really make the most of um, during that time. Because I'm looking at... Um, taking people's stories and making a piece of sort of interactive work based on that, um, just to try and engage other people in like talking about mental health and also understanding personal experiences of mental health. Like I think that'll be a really nice, like quite rewarding thing for me to, to do. Definitely. What's some of the stuff that you've done so far then previously on like mental health rights stuff have you? Um I've done a augmented reality app, looking at um, my experiences of anxiety, particularly like social anxiety. I find it quite difficult to go into uni sometimes because of how I'm feeling. So I made an app to try and communicate the intrusive thoughts that I experienced going into uni, which I think helped my like, tutors understand how I was feeling when they, because they, they have they made it quite challenging for me in terms of when I have spoken about mental health, they haven't taken it as seriously as I had maybe hoped they would have. Um, so creating work like that has helped me to communicate exactly how I am feeling. And I think it did really help them in being able to like, understand and put things in place to ease that anxiety, which has been really nice. I also done another similar one using, it was like an interactive one using connect camera where if you walked closer to the door the audio and intrusive thoughts got louder and I have got a thing about doors like actually getting into places like that's where some of my anxiety lies so that was another thing um, that I've done. I made a video with my wee brother Blair which was um, good. It was about male mental health and it was an animation thing so I basically like, asked him about male mental health because he has struggled in the past with his mental health as well um, so we both sort of wrote a script and then we recorded it and I've done like animations over the top um, see me I've been using that video at the schools training recently and um, apparently there's been an increase in male volunteers potential volunteers speaking to us about wanting to volunteer which I think is really encouraging because male mental health is something that definitely has to be tackled um, and I've noticed that like with Blair and he's found it quite difficult to open up to his friends and stuff. He's opened up to me and he has he has like he's a vol he started volunteering with CME as well and he's found like similar to me it's quite rewarding to be able to actually speak quite openly about mental health and he can't often do that with his friends. So that's been really good and it's nice that seeing me have used that video and it there is like a response from it. It's amazing how that make you feel that that's Yeah. It's, it's made me feel really good and like other mental health uh, charities and organisations have been sharing it as well on Facebook and when I put it up on Facebook a lot of people shared it like it went it got I think it got like 3,000 views just from me sharing it like another people sharing it and other people sharing it like I think it shows the scale of the problem and that people do want to talk about mental health and that they know maybe men that are experiencing similar things. So I think that that's really quite encouraging that people want to share these types of videos. How did Blair feel about it? Yeah, he, he felt, I think it was quite daunting for him, um, like being quite open about his mental health when he hadn't really done that in the past. Um, and for people to know that he's maybe experienced um, sort of similar like mental health issues. But I think he felt quite relieved in that a lot of his friends shared it, like, I think that really helped him realise that other people maybe do feel similar to him. Yeah, so what was the, the feels of him writing artwork, what was that? Um, basically I made the sound waves of some of the songs from the campaign and I sort of mapped the responses to the sound wave um, and then it was through three questions. So one was, um, how does music make you feel? If music helps you with your mental health, um, what makes it difficult for young people to talk about mental health and what 
could make it easier for young people to talk about mental health. So I took those three questions and then responses and mapped the responses to the waveforms of the songs. And then, then I sort of played around with like Photoshop and stuff and had a certain emoji background. So the way it looks is the sound waves and then you can see some of the emojis coming through. So um, we got them printed at A1 sort of size and you can see all the sort of intricate um, responses on the waveform. So that was part of like a uni assignment towards the end of last year. So that was, it was really nice that CD wanted to take that forward and actually get them printed and framed. Um, and one of them was hopefully going to the mental health team at the Scottish Government and then one's been kept at CD. So that, that's quite nice. Brilliant, it is, and they are absolutely <laughs> amazing. And do you think that doing doing the volunteering with CME has helped you? I know you sort of spoke about confidence as well. Mm. It helped you to kind of have the confidence to progress these things at uni as well, especially forward, If that was an area where it's quite hard to talk about it before, I think so. Yeah. Um, one thing that CME has really helped at uni is to be able to give me the confidence to challenge my tutors on views that maybe they've had. Um, so that's been really helpful to be able to sort of stand up for myself when I realise that things that have been said to me haven't aren't helpful. And I never meant anything maliciously or and when I have challenged them they have listened to me but it, it still has been quite difficult but being able to have that confidence to be able to open up to them about my mental health and if they, like just I don't know it's made it easier for me but it definitely has like focusing on mental health through my uni work and having the confidence to be able to do that has been really nice because I find it really rewarding and I'm quite I'm really passionate about it so to be able to know that it's okay to speak about these things and to sort of make work that could potentially make a difference that other people can relate to has been really it's been really nice and see me definitely has given me the confidence to be able to take those ideas forward and support me in, in creating those ideas as well. And also it's given me my work more purpose, which I think is really important. Like I always don't like my uni work just to be for like mass assignments and for like my grades and stuff. I like it to go beyond that and particularly last year like a lot of my work did go beyond um just handing it in to get graded, like the video that I done with Blair. It, done really well and it has been used by CME and also the Fields FM artwork like that's been that's been really good that that has been taken just beyond beyond the university. Definitely and has any since you've been volunteering here of any other than opportunities or anything else that you're now doing that yeah, kind of as you've developed and got more confidence in anything else mm. you're now doing? I've started like doing stuff with the BBC a wee bit. I'm still in the process of doing that but like those opportunities have come up and they've been quite I'm um, interested in like what I've been doing at CME because they're quite keen on me creating videos about mental health which is really nice and to be able to get my work out there and like through like the media stuff as well like be able to find my confidence and have a sort of interest in that like I've done like some social media takeovers and um, things like that like opportunities like that giving me more um, skills that hopefully take into like future employment and jobs and stuff like that like it isn't just about making a change it's also quite important to seek the opportunities for your own personal development to be able to take forward into like jobs and other opportunities like it is quite important to do that as well I think especially with volunteering like you need to get something back from it and I definitely have got a lot back from volunteering with CME. After, after doing this for a couple of years now do you feel that you have been able to make some of the changes that you wanted to see? Yeah I definitely think I have particularly at uni and just like conversations I've had with people like at work or just but like at uni like I don't know, people always sort of, when they know a volunteer at CME and that I'm a sort of advocate for mental health, like they want to speak to me about mental health, which is really nice. Um, I think people at work have like quite open conversations and that's, I think like small changes like that can make quite a big difference. Yeah. Definitely. 
and what changes do you still want to see like in the new world or, or kind of wider society as well? I think there has to be a sort of drive for student mental health. Like I definitely feel like that is an area that needs to be targeted because um, further education is really demanding and especially when you come out of school you're going to uni and it's a completely different environment to what you're used to. Um, like when I left school I went to uni and I only lasted like three months because I couldn't cope with like the stress and I wasn't, not that I couldn't cope, I just wasn't prepared for it. Um, I feel there has to be a sort of drive or campaigns to target that um, because I feel that a lot of people miss out on a university experience because the resources or the education isn't there and that's not right that you you can't like get through a university course if you have got issues or having problems with your mental health like that isn't fair because everybody is entitled to like education um, I feel like that there definitely has to be a lot of, there's, there's a lot of work has to be done um, there. What do you think our message should be going forward? <laughs> that's, that's put me on the spot. It is, yeah. What should the whole of Simi's message be for the future? You have to decide it now with no Um I think it just the idea of knowing your rights and and it comes to mental health, like to know that you can get help with your mental health. Um, no matter how, like, I think people think that, well, how I used to feel is that people are maybe feeling worse than what you are. But if you are feeling any type of anxiety or anything to do with your mental health that impacts your day to day life, that you can get help and there is support there to allow you to make the most of your like your life at that time like there's no they shouldn't be ashamed on talking about it or seeking help because you you should be able to lead a fulfilled life and your mental health shouldn't stop you in doing that and if you saw someone today you know or when you're in the schools or in work mm. or uni or something and you saw someone acting in a discriminatory way mm. saying something discriminatory or sort of dismissing someone else like what what would you say to them to change their behaviour? It depends what they, they say, but I think it's important to challenge them. Um, but don't, like, come across, like, don't, like, shout at them or whatever. Like, just challenge them on their views and try and allow them to understand how something like that or something they've said or whatever they've said could make somebody else feel. Like, try and encourage them to think about... Um, how it would feel to be in their shoes if you imagine if you were in their shoes and somebody had said that to you, how would you feel? Like I think that's important to sort of switch roles. Okay, so that was Sally chatting there. She covers so many really interesting topics, particularly talking about the work that we've done in schools and the training that she's been involved in down in the borders and across in other areas. We've done training in schools, lots through um, Lanarkshire, Ayrshire as well um, as, as the borders. And see, Ollie, Becky, you've done so much of that. I'll, I'll start with you first, Becky. Like, what are some of the resources that we take in schools and what, what are you guys actually doing when you go in and, and training in the um, So we do Scottish Mental Health First Aid with um, six-year pupils and the teachers um, and it's uh, basically to make like a um, kind of peer support system like within the school so people know that they can go and they can talk to their six-years and they can talk to their teachers and they'll know how to respond. Um, we also have... Um, what's in your mind cards which has common language like really good ways to describe like how you're feeling and on the side like my favorite part of it it's got all the different um helplines and some of them are like calls some of them are text like i know some of them you can email um so i think it's really good just to have like different kind of resources in case any young people don't feel comfortable talking on the phone or if they don't want to write a text, like I think it's really important to have something for everyone so that no one's left out. 
Yeah, totally. And and Ollie, like with the the what's on your mind pack is a big part of our kind yeah. of schools program as well. What what's in that? What does that involve? And how what can people? Yeah, do so with basically, that? it's a toolkit and like how to run workshops. So it could be used by like teachers or like what a lot of the time happens is we do our Scottish mental health first aid with the fifth and sixth years, then they go on to work to run workshops with younger students. So basically, it's just instructions on how to run an activity about mental health stigma and discrimination and it gives you all the resources that you need to do that so it's really useful because it is a sort of fun engaging way to actually get conversations started about mental health and do you guys think that you know coming from you like that training because I know like sometimes if someone sits down to do training with you you're like oh yeah but do you you know if it was a teacher do you think it makes a big difference that it's you know you guys of the same age group kind of going in yeah. and delivering that training yeah because that's that's kind of really what the key is people want to listen to people that are kind of similar to them a lot of the time um so actually having young people living it especially when we've got it in schools and we've got like fifth and sixth years delivering it to younger students it really has a big impact because it is it creates a culture where it's normal for people to talk about it normal for people to reach out to each other so I, I think that is really key yeah that in itself what's that um, do you think that's a quite an effective tool like having actually then school pupils teaching school pupils after you guys go and carrying that on do you think that's important? yeah totally because what it does is like it ingrains it in the culture that okay so when i'm in first year i'm going to start learning about mental health and then as i get older i'll do mental health first aid it just creates that way and a lot of the time as well, what we do is we train the teachers at the same time as the students and kind of have them all in the same sort of level field so they're all learning the same stuff at the same time. I think that as well, it just kind of levels the playing field and be like, everyone can talk to everyone about mental health. Yeah, totally. And I guess a great message to end it on there is, yeah, everyone can talk to everyone about mental health. It's a really important thing. Um, if you want to find out uh, any more about the education young people's program and the work they do and get resources like the what's on your mind card what's on your mind pack yourself if you check out our website seemescotland.org and then go on the young people's tab and then you'll find everything there that you need also as mentioned up at the beginning this is all around the the journey of the social movement the kind of theme for this series and the impact and what people have been doing if you want to check out other people's stories and find out what's been happening in, in workplaces in health and social care and communities things like that it's report.seemescotland.org and you'll find all the information there um so Finally, just thanks so much, Ollie and Becky, for coming along and joining us for the chats. That is really interesting. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having guys. us. <laughs> good. And co-host D, as always. Co-host Nick. A pleasure. pleasure. I feel like we should, you know, like at the end of a Ryanair flight where they have the do 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 do. <laughs> should have that to be like we landed, co-hosts, co-pilot, Nick D. We're within time. I forgot about that we were making air references yes. before. Airplane references. So <laughs> you know, very, yeah, yeah. We've gone off Disney now. We've come off that. After running. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's old. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks so much, everyone, and thank you everyone for listening. Goodbye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.